Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Browntree, and you're tuned into Hashtag You Good Man. No, that didn't. Okay. Yeah. Hashtag You Good Man. I, I was trying to do my Sammy Davis Jr. impression. Well, that was more like Tommy Davidson doing Sammy Davis Jr. I, I got some old. At one point, Tommy Davidson was funny uh, for like two or three days of my life when he was on In Living Color. But I figured, right, let me do something different since I don't have like a... a, a a decent uh, theme song or intro to, to introduce the podcast. Maybe that'll be something that I'll do, you know, once we, we really get rolling, we start getting into like episode 50. So I don't have to do, do that impression anymore. But um, yeah, man, this is episode three. This is episode three. And this, this topic is one that, that kind of like fell into my lap. Um, and it's usually how it goes. It's usually like I'm sitting trying to think of content to, to bring to the listeners and I'm either doing something or somebody sends me something and then it's just like, you know what, this would make a good topic. And this week's episode is, is no different. So this week is about athletes and mental health. And so what happened was, what got me here was I had a couple people who, who sent me different things because um, people always send because I'm, I'm the mental health guy. Uh, and that's what I'm known for. Listen, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I could be known for, for something else, like the guy who doesn't wear deodorant in the gym every day. I mean, listen, sometimes you run out. Sometimes you run out. And it's the worst when you get down to that, to the part where it's like the grate, you know, the little plastic part. And it's just like, ah, uh, man, how do I make this work? So the key is I'm going to give you a little tip because I had to actually do it this morning because I forgot to go and buy deodorant. So the key is. You got to you got to get you something to, to poke it out because there's some deodorant pieces. That's some good pieces, quality pieces that are still in there. So if you get a pen and you just go in and poke in there and it pops out and then you just take like like the little chunks and you just handle your business. You handle your business, especially as 90 degree weather. I couldn't take the risk of, of going out there because I, I sweat profusely. So as soon as I walk outside, it's all coming down. So I, I didn't want to take that risk. You know, so listen, don't say I don't offer tips for you. Listen, it's about wellness. It's about wellness. It's about your health. It's about feeling good. It's about smelling good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the tip. We're probably going to regret that. I know somebody will be like, oh, you got deodorant on today? Or you got the little, the little small chunks that you know, you're trying to utilize? So no, but this, this week is about athletes and mental health. And um, somebody sent me something in my inbox on, on Facebook about the, the basketball player, Royce, Royce White. For those who don't know about Royce White, he, um, African-American man. Now he's probably in his, in his mid to late twenties. Uh, he was drafted by the Houston Rockets and into the NBA about, oh man, probably within the last five years, five or six years, I'd say. And he was known for as the person who would not get on the flight. They're saying that he would, he was scared of flying. He'll have anxiety, panic attacks if he was, if he had to fly anywhere, which was weird because he went to Iowa State in college and they played all over the country. And so my thing is, I'm sure he got on flights. Like they weren't taking a bus everywhere. And in this video, sure enough, he talked about it. He said, listen, it wasn't a matter of me not wanting to, to get on a flight. It was more about, listen, uh, I'm experiencing, I, I have mental health issues, something that I want to be 
um, I want to advocate about and I want to put this information out here. And are y'all going to support me? And allegedly the NBA was like, no, they, they didn't support the narrative. I don't know, maybe because it would, you know, impact their brand, impact their bottom line. I don't, I don't see how that is. But especially when you have people like Ron Artest who talked about their psychiatrist or what have you. But um, nonetheless, he ended up uh, not playing basketball in the NBA. He was traded and signed by multiple teams, never panned out. So now he's in Canada doing big things basketball wise. And he's become an advocate for for mental wellness. And so that was sent to me in my inbox. And I was just like, yeah, all right. You know, sports and, and sports and mental health. And then I just started sitting there and I started thinking about the different, uh, you know, just the different athletes, the different athletes who who have been affected by mental health. And I just kept, the list just started to grow. The list started to grow. It started with Royce White. Then we went to Ron Artest. Then we went to Larry Sanders. Then we went to Eddie Griffin, Philadelphia's own. Then we went to college athlete Sean Boylan from Westchester University. Then we go to Jordan Hankins, a women's basketball, college basketball player from Northwestern University. And then I then see, I see an article about Booby Gibson. Daniel Booby Gibson was married to Keisha Cole. He played in the NBA uh, for a period of time. How he contemplated suicide. He contemplated suicide because his he felt like his life was... He didn't know what else to do outside of basketball. And then Junior Seau, who we all know as, a, as an NFL player who committed suicide uh, as a result of uh, post-concussion syndrome and, and having, having issues related to CTE, which um, is, a, is a brain disease, which you know impacted him uh, not physically, but it impacted him mentally, and it's impacted many athletes, uh, especially within in the NFL. And so I guess you're asking, like, why is this important? Why is this important? Why are athletes and, and mental health important? I mean, the, are the pro players make millions? Well, yeah, the pro players make millions. You know, money, just because you have money, that doesn't mean you don't have mental health issues. You know, but then we look at who else is affected. Listen, kids start playing sports at a young age. I was listening to I was listening to another podcast and they're talking about uh, they started playing hockey in Canada around like the ages of three and four. And so we have to be mindful that, listen, these are regular people like the people, these athletes, they're regular people. So when we get statistics that say one in four one in four people experience a mental health diagnosis every year. They're included in that statistic. They're included. And so it's it's something that needs to be, um, it definitely needs to be looked at and it definitely needs to be taken into consideration by everybody involved. When I say everybody involved, I'm talking about coaches, I'm talking about administrators, I'm talking about parents who have kids who are involved in, in athletics because the stressors are high. The stresses of an athlete are high and they're different. They're different than the, than the lay person, than the regular person. And so you might say, well, again, yeah, you know, but they're getting to do something that they enjoy. Yeah. But just because you do something and you enjoy it doesn't mean that it doesn't bring additional stress. I went to school for social work. 
you know, I have multiple social work degrees. The social work profession is a, uh, even though I, I like, I like it, I love it. I've done it for a period of time. You have to realize you're doing, you're dealing with people problems every day. Every day you're dealing with problems. You're dealing with stressors. And so with athletes, yeah, it's not that it's not the stress of dealing with people problems. But it's stressors related to performance. It's stressors related to injury. It's, it's stressors related to to trying to manage. Life in sports. And if you're not in the pros and you're younger, academics. And so I was sitting here, I was like, well, you know, yeah, we talk about stress. What stressors in particular does does each age group or each level of sports incur? And so it's like the easiest is always to start with the easiest, always to start with the pros. And it was just like money. Listen, yes, not having money is a problem, but so is having money, because what Biggie say? The, the more money you make, the more problems you see. Money brings problems. Now, granted, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's good to have the money and then not have the money, you know, but it's bringing around people who might necessarily might not necessarily bring be around. How many people have we seen got scammed out of millions and millions of dollars that they've made because they've they trusted somebody? That's a stressor. Missing out on time with their family. We have athletes who, listen, in the, in the NBA, they play 82 games. In baseball, they play 162. They're not with their families every night. They're not with their wife, their kids, their husbands, their mothers, their brothers, their sisters. They just aren't. And so that's a stressor. I know it's always a topic of conversation. I, I remember when it happened to Jimmy Rollins, who, who played for the Phillies at one point, and his wife was was set to, to give birth. And it was a conversation. Okay, does he go to the, does he go to the uh, to see the birth of his child, or does he play? It happens. It's even worse in football because football is only sixteen games. So does he play in this game? Or does he see the the birth of his child? And a lot of times the, the sentiment is, no, listen, they're paying you a, a king's ransom to play this game. Which one of the requisites are that you have to you have to uh, you have to give up some things. It's certain things that are that the, the, the common person would love to celebrate. You can't do that because you are being paid a king's ransom. And so I'm not here to sit here to say that's right, wrong, or indifferent. But the fact of the matter is, it is indeed a stressor. Just the expectations and or not meeting them. So Anthony Bennett, I don't know Anthony Bennett from a can of paint. Only thing I know about Anthony Bennett, he was the number one pick in the NBA draft by the Cleveland Cavaliers, probably about less than five years ago. And... His play stunk. His play stunk. He listen. He could be the greatest person in the world, but as an as a number one pick in the NBA, he was awful. 
And can you imagine how that how what kind of pressure is put on you for you to be the number one pick in the draft and you don't achieve? You're not living up to what it is that you what, what the billing is. That's difficult. When you're expected to to exceed expectations day in and day out, day in and day out. And so this is the argument that, you know, they have on on LeVar Ball. Now, I like LeVar Ball. I like I like what he stands for uh, as far as being a black father, as far as being an entrepreneur. As far as is guiding his son and his son's. uh, And there's an episode on no booking info where I talked about LeVar Ball. And I'm sure you could search that because that's still up there, too. But, um, you know, but the thing is, they're saying, yo, you're going to put too much pressure on. You're going to put too much pressure on. And that's 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 where I understand it. I understand this. I was like, you know what? You're putting added fuel, added pressure on him that he may not be able to live up to. And so one hand, me being a therapist um, and me being a father, I'm like, yeah, you know, you don't want to put undue pressure on your child if you can avoid it. But then on the opposite end, I'm like, listen, this is what you signed up for. You don't make it to the NBA by not having pressure put on you. And so if you wilt under under pressure from your father, who's 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 had expectations for you, who's uh, who who wants the best for you, then maybe you're in the wrong profession. Maybe you need to be at Burger King as a cashier. And so, you know, those were some stresses I thought of as far as for pros, as far as college. Listen, some of the things I mentioned for for the pros factors in with college as well, as far as overall expectations. It's a little different, though, because with the college athlete, they have to juggle. They have to do a massive juggling act. They have to juggle uh, sports. They have to juggle academics. They have to juggle a social life. Right. This is the first time that many of them are on their own. Yes, they might have been on the AAU circuit going away for a week at a, a week at a time. But this is the first time they're going away from their support system for, you know, five, six months at a time. And so here we have all of these pressures put on them. And then we wonder why statistics show by in Drexel University did a study that one in four athletes who attend college experience depression. One in four. Now, the majority of those were were women, 30 percent were women. It it just appears to be that that women have a and this is how it is in overall society anyway. um, That women experience depressive symptoms at a higher rate as opposed to men, which was approximately like 15 percent. But that's still alarming. Because, again, look at the pressures that are put on them. Now, it's like, oh, well, they get a free college education. So, yeah, that's all well and good. But that doesn't mean that you're immune from from feeling. And I think that's the, the one misconception people have about athletes. That they're immune from feeling. They, they can't experience things. The one thing that makes them great. Can also be their Achilles heel, and that can be their attention 
to hyper their, their ability to hyper focus. Listen, to be great at a sport, you have to be able to compartmentalize and hyper focus on something. So doesn't it make sense that if 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 you're able to succeed and compartmentalize and, and think about you know that sport that you're doing, that that's not going to translate over to to your mental health. That you're going to be hyper focused on on these symptoms, on 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 feeling sad, on feeling anxiety. That you're going to feel these 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 symptoms even greater. One could argue that. And so we have high school. High school is, is different. The high school athlete is because that's that's such a complex time just as a human being in general, because we're talking about puberty. We're talking about that, 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 that beginning of that real push into athletics. I know it happens a lot younger, younger these days, but the high school game is where you start to to really separate. Between who's just doing it because, you know, they're good at it and they like it. And, and those who really have the skill set necessary to get to that next level, which is college and for some, the pros. So that's a difficult time. While you're trying to manage these feelings. You start looking at the opposite sex differently. You start looking at the same sex differently. And so you're trying to juggle these emotions while trying to play a game. Now, for some people, some people are able to turn it off for, for two hours and three hours. They're able to, to focus and concentrate. But then there are those who can't. And so for all of that's like that's like me. If I'm having if I'm not having a good day and I try to go to work for me personally. It may not be the best work day, but there's something about when you exert, exert yourself physically. That that you're somehow you're able to focus more. You're able to for some you're able to focus more. Now, that reminds me of Isaiah Thomas, whose whose sister died in a car crash. In the midst of the playoffs, he plays for the Boston Celtics in the NBA. And he was able to come out and have an amazing game. He cried before the game. I'm sure he thought about her dorm. You know, that's a stressful time. That's a stressful time. And I don't know how he's coping with it. I'm not going to say he did an amazing job because he scored 50 points or 40 points, however many points he scored. I'm not going. I'm not going to say he, he did great um, as far as his career, but I don't know how he's coping with with that. But again, some people are able to 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 switch that button. Hence the reason why some people get to that level and some don't. And so lastly, just young kids. And, and this is one that, that hits home uh, because with younger kids, it's the idea of them being forced into sports and then willingly participating. Now, for those who have heard me on the No Booking Info podcast, um, it's it's one that, that that means a lot to me because my daughter, my daughter ran track for a year and a half. And she didn't really want to run. She didn't really want want. She did not really want to run. And but I I wanted her to run. I wanted her to be active. And I felt that it was necessary for that to occur. 
because I wanted her to be active. I wanted her to be healthy. And a part of me was I pushed her a little bit more than I probably should have. You know, it's that idea that the parent knows best. Now, when she did run, she was good. She wasn't the best. She did very, she handled her own. And she worked hard. And so those were the things that I was trying to instill in her, um, the discipline, the 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 ideas of team camaraderie, the idea of not giving up. You push yourself. You have to push yourself past the brink of, of being tired at times. You have to, whatever it is that you want, you have to work hard for it. You have to put in the hours of practice, two hours, uh, four days a week. And then you have track meets on, on Sunday or, or Saturday. But then it was just like, you know what, that she wanted. And here she is, Phil. She's telling you she doesn't want it. And so when the, when the, when the indoor season was over this past, uh, this past February, March, she said, Dad, I'm not doing this again. Now, I've raised my daughter in a way where she feels comfortable in, in, in expressing herself verbally because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of, listen, I don't ever want you to have, a, have your voice stifled because it starts young. It starts young. Where she is now, nobody will ever be able to stifle her voice, knock on wood, because her parents allowed her to express, themse- express herself. Now... <laughs> you know, as I, I got to look at it, you know, maybe I'll, I'm glad she did it. I'm glad she did. It. I'm glad she had that experience. But now it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to continue to push you. You might not got to do track. You did put an effort into that, but you're going to do something else because I want you to be healthy. I want you to continue to learn about these traits, these these characteristics and, and hone these skills because they're important. And it'll help you as your life goes on. I don't want you looking back and saying, Dad, Dad. Well, why didn't you make me do it? Why didn't you why didn't you push me to do it? Why didn't you push a little harder? Because a lot of times when you get older, it's because they weren't pushed as a, as a young child. But there, again, but I'm mindful that of her mental wellness and her emotional wellness in this process. So she moved up to to a, a different age group and she finished. She didn't finish last. But, you know, she she wasn't as high up as she was before. And it's like, no, we're not talking about that. When you win your heat, we're not talking about you winning your heat. I'm going to say congratulations. Great job, baby. Give me a hug. I'm proud of you. If you lose your heat, congratulations, baby. I'm proud of you. When we get in that car, we talking about everything else but track. Because I don't want her to become resentful. And that was my one biggest fear. I don't want her to become resentful. So when we're at track, it's track. But when we're going, nothing about it. We don't have to communicate and converse about it. And she'll figure out what it is that she wants to do. But I just, I, but that, that whole thing, but, you know, kids can have stress. It's the idea that kids, too, can have stress and experience stress. And so the one big thing is that I do want to talk about that, that, that impacts all athletes and impacts their mental health, injury. Whew. Injury is rough. I know me as a power lifter. 
Um, I haven't competed in two years. Listen, whenever I get into the squat rack, I'm nervous because I don't want to have another SI injury. I didn't have probably about seven or eight where I'm out for, um, I can't walk the next day. Like literally I can't move. And so listen, it plays a part. It makes you, it can make you become depressed. The fact that you can't get out of bed. And so here we have, we have athletes doing the one thing that they love that they enjoy and they just can't get back. They can't get back to where they used to be. And mentally that's, that, that's, it's hard. It's hard. A video came up of me doing, uh, completing a 700 pound deadlift. I'm petrified to, to, to get to that point again. I'm nervous because I don't know what's going to happen. And it's all in the mind. You know, they say sports is, is a lot of it is mental. It is mental. You can't go out there with worry. You can't go out there with because something definitely can happen then. But when you're coming, when you're Derrick Rose and you keep having knee injury after knee injury and injury after injury, that plays a part. But we see he might not be the same Derrick Rose, but you know what? He's going out there. He's right back on the court. I'm right, I'm right back in the squat rack. You're right back in the gym. But it, can, it undoubtedly can impact their mental health. That's why I think anytime an athlete sustains an injury that's you know season ending, that's, that's lingering, they should definitely seek mental health help. But again, why won't they seek mental health help? Why won't they see a therapist? Because they have this image to portray. Athletes are supposed to be strong. They're supposed to be resilient. No different than the real world. People in the real world. Nah, nah, I don't need to see a therapist. I'm cool. I'm all right. I'm strong. I'm tough. When in reality, it takes a strong or a tough person to say, listen, I need to talk about some things. Trust me, when I get my next therapist, you think I'm not going to talk about the, the, this fear that I have? This fear that I have of, of getting back truly into into lifting like I was before. So I think it's something critical that needs to take place. Especially when we start getting, you know, these we start talking about high school, we start talking about college and pros because you're putting a lot of man hours. You're putting a lot of hours into something that you care about. And if something happens and that goes away at the blink of an eye, yeah, your life may change forever you know so it's just something to be mindful of and so just with regards to strategies as i wrap it up you know just the it's all about perspective it's all about perspective for the athlete you are more than what it is that you do you're more than just a basketball player you're more than more than just a football player a hockey player a track star you're more than these things there's so much more to you Recognize that you're a, a father, a son, a daughter, a brother, a lover, somebody who likes taking walks down the street, somebody who likes playing video games, who likes painting, who likes doing podcasts. It's so much more to you. And when you realize that you're not defined by the sport that you play, 
oh man, you'll you'll be so so much better off for it. And like I said, seek professional help. Seek professional help to to learn strategies that you can utilize to help you once you get an injury or when things aren't going in your way. There's so many sports psychologists out there. When I went back to school for my exercise science masters, sports psychology was a track that I was debating on going through because listen, it's real. It's it's real. Again, we're talking about regular people. This is the one in four. Athletes are the one in four. So definitely utilize the services that are there for you. If you're in college, you get free services. If you're in the pros, you get free services. If you're in high school, you get free services. And if you need help with getting these free services, hit a brother up. Definitely hit me up at P-H-I-L at Quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y dot net. And lastly, man, listen. If it's not good for your mental health, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. The sport, the sport won't be okay without you. You don't owe it to anybody but yourself. You owe nobody but yourself. And like my daughter said, no, 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 I'm not doing it. No, daddy, I'm not doing the track anymore. I'm, I'm done. All right, listen. Okay. Listen, because your mental, your wellness means much more to me than you going out there and, and running the 100. So if you need to leave sports alone, you leave it alone. And that's just not just sports. That's sports. That's that's your job. Listen, I understand jobs have a lot of pressure, but listen, you know, if you put yourself in a position, edu- you know, uh, education wise, there's always a, another job out there. It's not worth your wellness as far as your, your interpersonal relationships when you're dating or, you know, you're in a uh, long term relationship. If it's not good for your, your mental wellness, your emotional wellness, leave it alone. It's more out there. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. So I thank you guys for tuning in to this latest episode of Hashtag You Good Man. Oh, okay. I'm, I won't do that anymore. I'm sorry. Um, feel free to, to, to follow me on Instagram, uh, P-H-I-L underscore quantify Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y. Um, also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Philip, P-H-I, two L's, I-P, M-S-W. Also, check out the Quantify LLC link. I know I need to get more content up. Uh, maybe I'll talk about that in a future future episode. Why is my content is coming out so slow? Because it has everything to do with, with my mental wellness. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, please like, comment, share. Just let me know your thoughts. Peace.